Welcome to the Pen in the Stone. I am your host, Alan, aka Sacred Haiku. And away we go. What is up, everyone? I'm back again with another episode of the Pen in the Stone podcast. And this time I have Antino Art. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Sacred? Appreciate <laughs> you having me on this. Um, big fan of the show. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm glad you were one of the first ones to actually start listening to it. <laughs> yeah, I was there from day one. You know, I listen while I work. It really is. It's the kind of programming I wish was on the radio. So I don't listen to the radio. So I'm like, dang, he, he hit that market niche. There wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't a poetry radio show, and now, now there is. So Yeah, I mean, with, with you, you're a student of the art. You're actually a student of life. And that's what I appreciate about you. You know, every time yeah. I talk to you, you, you drop some kind of philosophies that get you thinking, whether it be poetically or just spiritually and everything like that. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, the student mindset is something that was ingrained in me from, from like the time I started pursuing any kind of art or craft. It was really just that that whole samurai mind of um, defeating who you were yesterday. You yeah, know? like not really comparing yourself to somebody else but like who you are today versus who you were yesterday and just trying to like level up to that and really any anything that you do you could you could learn about that just by observing from everyday life experiences yeah because like poetry is really just observation so Mm -hmm. the more you observe and just tune into that frequency there's unlimited things you could learn and apply to to your art is that how like you go about your writing style you like your observations yeah it's really just the i mean it's the art of observation silent silent observation taking in the information from a perspective that's that's only that only you could that only you could see from because really it's it everyone sees the same stuff but it's really your perspective and how how you are interpreting that and from that angle that that's that's really the filter that yeah poetry comes out of so it's it's probably 80 percent listening hearing observing for me um mm. only a little bit of it is actually writing because um <laughs> i'm not really outspoken i'm usually just in the back back of the classroom back of the bus not saying much i'm really yeah. low-key like that so it plays to my personality type too i yeah try to listen more than i talk and all that yeah so is that where so where it comes down to your performance is like you say you're quiet, so is it it's awkward, it's awkward to like perform it after a while for a while? Um, no, nah, because like performing is is just I store up energy when I'm in my introverted state, right? So like I'm spending a lot of time not talking and not being in the spotlight. So when it comes time to throw a five minute set or a ten minute set or whatever, um, I have the energy because I yeah. stored it up all that time oh, before. Okay. <laughs> okay, you went super saying whenever you go on stage. Yeah, <laughs> and I expend energy. And like extroverts are different; they draw energy from being around mm. people, being in the spotlight, and then um, they spend it when they're, I guess, alone. It was like it's yeah. opposite for me. I, I draw energy from being by myself mm. and just taking all that in, taking the observation in. And um, by the time I get to the performance, it's not it's not too bad. I just can take it all out on and spend it all in one spot. You abuse it on the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just be as as uh, extroverted as possible in a condensed amount of time. Yeah, yeah. It's so. What's that fuel that you know when, when you go? On, well, not when you go on, but when you write. Besides, besides the observations, because with me, I like to kind of like paint a story or create a character within myself before I write, whether it be my own personal or someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Mine's like a, I like to create a storyline in a sense. So what's yeah. like with your like your burst of um, inspiration? Okay, yeah, I mean storytelling is a is a really effective um, way to connect with the audience because um, like they could follow it easily. And yeah. There's just so much emotions that you could assign to a narrative arc, like yeah. the conflict and like cheering for the hero as he goes through that arc and and see a transformation at the end um i don't i don't really go that route though of the storytelling i'm really bad at fiction writing like um i find that really hard to do because you have to write outside yourself and mm. write in the through the lens of another character i'm still t- trying to understand my own <laughs> so, um yeah it's really just like motivation i would say if i could sum up the the why the motivation behind writing is really just for inner peace mm-hmm. like i write for inner peace okay. um if i could find that inner peace then um, hopefully others could find that too. You know, if they if they see me encounter like a chaotic emotion or a an adverse experience, mm-hmm. um, if I make peace with it, maybe they can make peace with it as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always think of like 
uh, writing is fighting. You know, you're you're trying to win the war within, mm. defeat yourself, and um, once you get to that inner peace, then silence. It's yeah. just serene silence. So, like, if I'm not writing, I know I'm at peace. Yeah. If I'm writing, I know I'm at war. So it's uh, oh, that's interesting. I really appreciate the times of silence, uh, just hanging out, playing games, or not really doing any um, like battle work. You know, that's, that's interesting um, way about going going about it. You're saying you're at war pretty much when you're writing and at peace when you're not. Yeah. And you don't and, and that that makes it that that makes you appreciate adversity then. Mm. It's like, oh, I got all these weird emotions yeah. now. I, I hit this bump in the road in life and now I get to see how I stack up to that challenge. Let's draw the pen out. Yeah. You know, like draw the sword out and let's go to war and mm -hmm. see if you win it. However you come out, you either win or you learn. But um that's an opportunity for growth right there. Yeah. Even beyond poetry, just going through something you don't know what you're made of until you Do you do workouts at all? Like um you just do like little burst of creativity of stuff um oh like just just um sharpening the writing craft yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you know how like they they try to you know, make sure their skills are ready when the war does happen they're not oh you know, yeah fumbling yeah. the blade and things like that yeah yeah you don't want to atrophy and get the dull let that dullness or that rust sit in yeah yeah i mean i think it's like yeah just the act of doing it um consistently it makes it kind of creates that that muscle memory you know like yeah. you, the more you write even if it's bad just don't even think about it just keep that motion going yeah and you're you're in that habit you're like creating favorable conditions to um to actually write about something that is when it when it comes time to you're um, you're ready so it's really just um repetition and um i mean specific things i've done is i would ask um i would ask nolly my daughter i would ask her to tell me like three three words mm -hmm. and then she'll tell me like butterfly uh, airplane and um saying goodbye or something yeah. so like i'll take those as maybe a prompt oh, okay and try to write something out of those things just to keep keep the art sharp you know yeah or um just being observant just always having a pad a pen and a pad you so, always do <laughs> yeah yeah just having it at the back of your ear yeah. um like when the time comes you don't want to wait because it's gonna not be fresh by the yeah time you uh, get to a desk and are able to jot it down. But now we got phones and stuff, um, yeah, yeah. so you could really just do it on your phone. But I was doing the pen behind the ear things before phones were advanced. Yeah, like, I'm actually that that old. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's, it's it's like wait, there was a which, time when we could your just number real quick. Let me write it down. It's like <laughs> yeah, there was a time when phones all they did was make calls. So yeah. I would always have a pen and um yeah, it's just staying ready, you know. Yeah. So I mean, hey, I'm about to say something to you about um. Oh yeah, so I remember we went. We were at uh, what was it? It was for soul therapy. I remember you were we you were there pretty much just as a, a spectator, but you were like taking notes on the hosting style because yeah. you, your event was like a couple weeks from then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to learn quick because I never. I think it's really important to do things that you haven't done, mm -hmm. and that's that's really just me preaching to myself because I am very attached to routine and habit and mm -hmm. comfort zones, mm -hmm. and um. To the real the way to push boundaries is to go outside the comfort zone. So I was like, let me try throwing an event where I'm the host and not just like one of the performers. Right. And um, so I had to learn the craft of hosting. I know there's a whole different that's that's a different game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you need to be in a different mindset, different energy. You're the facilitator. It's like in um, a sport. You're it's a different position. Yeah. You're not scoring. You're like passing the ball. Right. So, um, so I just wanted to learn that. And I know there's a lot of talented hosts in our um, in our community. Mm -hmm. Just learning from the different hosting styles. And um, yeah, I learned a ton that night that I think his name was um, the gifted one or something. I I so, okay. yeah. yeah, he, he was uh, live energy energy he helped the audience react even before the poets got on stage and set all the poets up for success yeah yeah so i was taking i was learning from that and just being um really engaging like provoking reactions yeah in, through every using every moment to provoke a reaction to yeah. get the audience conditioned otherwise they're gonna just clam up and be silent yeah, yeah. Uh, and you don't want that environment for your event so um yeah, yeah. I that took a lot of took a lot out from the way he did that you you didn't I don't know you, you didn't try to copy you took your you took those little bits and you applied it to your personality I remember me you talked because you when you do your monologues in between pieces and your segue into it is so seamless um, you do have that natural um, the conversational and that's how you mm. went about the hosting and that's oh, just that's how great. you are yeah I, I didn't even know I didn't even watch footage from that show I don't really know how it came off on <laughs> from third person but yeah I mean the conversational piece is. Um, 
my tendency is to talk over people, mm. like talk over their heads and go over their heads. And I'm, I'm going too deep into meanings and yeah. it's esoteric. So the, the way to counterbalance that is to, you know, stay conversational, stay yeah. plain spoken and mm. um, connect to the audience is really the main it's like the lifeline of a performance. If you're not connecting to that audience, there's no relationship. Yeah. There's no relationship. There's no show. Because a show is really a relationship with the audience true. Yeah. that you cultivate. And they, that's how they react. That's how they get moved, really. Yeah. Um, so Once you lose the audience, pretty much you lose the whole show. Yeah. If you snap their attention or their relationship. Just treat it like you're on like a date, I guess. You're, yeah. You're, um, and you got, you got one hour to, or yeah. if you're doing a set, you got 10 minutes, but if you're like hosting an event, you got, you have to cultivate that relationship yeah, the, the whole, whole hour. The whole time. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the task. So I was really intentional on, on making sure that relationship was good. So every performer that went, you know, they could feed off of that. Um, and then just studying other, not even just some um, gifted one, like you mentioned, applying your own personality to that, like studying other spots, like, um, What's his name? Uh, Fernando at Emerge. Mm -hmm. He's got a much more chill style of hosting and he sparks conversations like he'll spark like important conversations in between the pieces. And that's a different vibe. And then you got um, uh, there's this place I went to called Tongue and Groove mm. um, on Friday nights. And the host is a, is a girl and she cultivate a way different vibe but it it was it made sense for that venue because it's musicians and poets and yeah. just that cross-pollination of, of art forms and um, facilitating that that integration and, and um that oneness between people of different art forms yeah so it's the host is, is such a props to people that mc <laughs> yeah i exactly. mean that's that's not a um that's a craft that i think is probably overlooked yeah like it, like crystal muse and church the poet at yeah. um, soul therapy like crystal by herself She's amazing. It's a party, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's having a party every she keeps week. She really into it. Yeah, I wish I could go more to those. It's it's a it's a weird time for me from yeah. weeknights that got Nolly at night. But um, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of the way they they run their show. I mean, they got they got a live DJ and they they turn it into like a word party. Exactly. And yeah, and it's hype. People are um uh, really. The, the audience is very reactive there. You can yeah. you can go in with a bad poem and get snapped. Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, the poem I did, like I look back and I heard when I wrote, I was like, oh, this is so amazing. And then I look back and listen to it. I'm like, I got write better than that. <laughs> you know, I can come, yeah. I can come a little harder or the concept will be a little deeper. Yeah, and that, that's I think those are actually the the best times when you when you don't do as good as you wanted to. Yeah, because that's when you really learn. Because yeah. if you do good, you're like, yeah, victory, uh, celebrate. Yeah, I did. I'm dope. Like, yeah. I pat myself <laughs> on the back, and you don't really grow from that. Yeah, um, you don't learn. You don't level up from that. You got to get um. How, ba hit. how Bane told Batman, you defeat the victory has defeated you. Yeah, yeah, and you become and well, it's it's nice too to to do good and yeah, yeah. to to um be in the moment of. A successful performance but um but yeah doing bad I, I i used to i used to it's really not nice to do bad but like when i do that my notebook fills up like, mm, i learned that's that war yeah <laughs> and then i watch footage of myself like i'll that's when i really study film like yeah. um just uh, watch it with a an analytical eye and and see all the things i did bad that wasn't working mm -hmm. all the things i did good that was working i want to play up and then i'll show it to other people i'll show it to yeah. um other performers and get their candid feedback. Um, don't just give me props. Like tell me what is working, what's not working, how can I improve? Yeah, and that that's huge. Just those those um hiccups in the in performance. And I'm speaking like broad terms, not yeah, just poetry yeah, yeah. too. Just any performance. Yeah, anytime you're on front of somebody, you are pretty much having to do that. Yeah, you know. So you whenever you, whenever you go into your little your um your your realm of writing or your realm of creativity. Do you have to like slay the the demons as slay. you you know like, yes. to get to like the meat of what you're trying to do? Yeah, yeah, I'm, it's a video game. <laughs> it's like I, I see I see fight scenes play out when um um when writing happens. It's really, but it's 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 a really it's almost like an out of it's an out of mind experience. Like mm -hmm. I'm I'm not really aware of myself anymore i kind of mm. like you like how you black out in performance i kind of yeah. i kind of space out for my own self in writing i'm just really tuned into this frequency that's beyond me because mm. i don't i don't believe it's me creating mm. like i'm not creating these ideas or words i'm i'm tuning into a frequency that's already there right and just intercepting that and channeling that in, into um whatever expression uh, poetry or whatever yeah. art you do um it's there's a there's a frequency that you could keep tuning into um mm. and that just come from observation so i really think as as like as someone if you whatever you do that's creative it's really you're just uh, a vessel for that yeah that thing that's beyond yourself so mm. 
that's kind of just my take on it. It's not really me writing. It's like a higher force or something. Right, right. It's, it's, it's actually whatever is trying to come out is speaking for itself. Yeah. And you're just the mouthpiece or the, the writing utensil or whatever. Yeah, and then it, it, and you'll see that once you, um you'll see that pattern. Like you'll see someone 100 years ago wrote, like he'll write a poem about skyscrapers. Um, Carl Sandburg, a poet from Chicago, turn of the century. And you, I think you collapsed on a very similar frequency with your, um, your piece on, it was like about a building, right? And you were oh, just the last one. Yeah. yeah I, abandoned, the abandoned buildings. Yeah. Abandoned buildings that had the same, it, it, it had the same energy. Like it had mm. the same effect on me. Mm. And I was like, that's that same frequency. Like just putting a soul into an inanimate object and personifying it and, yeah. and like appreciating all its imperfections, even though it's got some uh, wear and tear and yeah. all the uh, disrepair aspects but yeah it's, it's it's really just a frequency and once you you're like a radio antenna just tune in yeah <laughs> did, did you have the was it like one of those enlightenment things like um I, I feel this inside or how long did it take you to figure that out like, when did you figure it out really um i i think this was like back when i was um when i was living in florida uh, me and uh I had a lot of friends back in Florida that we would talk about these things. And I think it was a conversation that maybe me and uh, Mark, uh, you remember Mark from mm-hmm. the show, um, we probably had about this. It's not really us creating. You're not creating original ideas. You're just, yeah. um, you're just intercepting it. It's, it's yeah. uh, something bigger than you. So I, I that kind of stuck with me. And I, the more I think about it, it's, it's a selfless act. It's not like mm. you're not trying to, put attention or spotlight on you you're just trying to put attention and spotlight on a bigger idea that's beyond you that's uh, worth looking at kind of like um like a finger pointing at the moon like that whole bruce lee mm-hmm. metaphor like you don't look at the finger you look at the moon right otherwise you miss all the heavenly glory or something like that yeah, yeah. so it's really just like me pointing at something you know right that it's not not pointing at me like don't don't look at me look at what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah and it's it's and there's um there's more it feels less um like you, it feels less ego, egotistical to do that. Cause I don't, I don't like spotlights anyway. I have an aversion yeah, to them. Yeah. Like I don't want people to really all eyes on me type thing. I'd rather them direct, look at something that's, that's more worth looking at. Yeah. I, that's how, that's how I felt when I was hosting uh, limitless. I was like, I'd rather be performing right now. I yeah, do yeah. not want to be hosting. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd rather be pointing, like you said, pointing to the idea. Cause even though you're, you're kind of have, you're kind of having to be like there. Uh, like the the waiter, like okay, let me do this for you. Let me take, make sure you get your attention. Make sure you're satisfied. Yeah. But when you're performing, and I don't know this for you. For me, it's like I didn't write for you. I wrote for me, or you know, in this your case, it's like mm. the, the 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 subject matter. Yeah. You know, it's like I I'm up here just sharing with you. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. No. The um like right who you writing for is um is a huge um it's a huge topic because I I've been struggling with that as well. Like who are you writing for this audience or mm-hmm. this person or self? Like once you define that, um, it just comes out stronger mm-hmm. when you know the audience. And the more of these poetry shows I've done, the more I find myself writing for that audience. Mm-hmm. Cause okay. before, like I didn't really perform poems until like this past year. Okay. It wasn't a thing I was doing. Um, so I wasn't writing for like a poetry audience that, um, that has their tastes and their, um, their idiosyncrasies and their snap tendencies and all that. Yeah. So uh, I was really just writing for um, myself mostly. And yeah. I kind of want to get back to that. I, I don't, I feel, I could feel myself gravitating towards trying to just write to get a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to intern, be more internal and study more like yeah. written page works because written page works. You don't, people that write on for the page, they don't see the reaction They're I feel like it's more internalized and yeah. um, uh, more introspective. So I'm just trying to get back to that. Instead of having to try to put on an act, yeah, you know, put on a show. Well, that's 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 what I mean. Just me and uh, Travis talk about it a lot too, uh, where you you try get like you said the snap factor. You're trying to write these hot lines or yeah. do these details, like uh, intricate, interwoven, you know, stanzas, where you kind of lose a piece of yourself. Because usually when you when poets write, they're writing like from themselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. Write, like you say, tuning into that 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 frequency. So when you're trying to tune into the frequency but yet you're also trying to get attach yourself to their wavelength it kind of like disrupts it yeah it's a tendency um i mean like you could find yourself trying to please please the crowd yeah. and it's not a good route to go if you're truly trying to express or make peace make inner peace yeah um yeah 
So like there's that line between art and entertainment, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, performing and writing. Those two different two different crafts really. Um yeah. so just finding that balance, um just like when you I, I want to only do that if I know it will contribute to the relationship with this audience. Mm, yeah. And I want that relationship there so we could feel the same thing, so we could be moved by the same ideas or I can move them with it um in turn. But it's not it's not really about um, getting applause or praise that's yeah that's really just um a side effect of um yeah of the whole act of of uh doing uh, a performance so yeah there we're, we're out by the street i don't know if you could hear that <laughs> yeah i can yeah. I just, I just put the headphones so i can hear it, but it's yeah no, just keep your no intentions i think just keeping your attentions uh pure um make sure you have know your audience and yeah not doing it for the wrong reasons or it's bad you, it's also too when like if you're asked to do a show and let's say it's just you know go in there this is the, this is the theme like you know like limitless and you knowing the arena knowing your audience if you do the wrong piece it could turn the whole mood of the event sideways yeah yeah like if you go in there buzzkill yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if this is like a um like, like limitless for example it's yeah just come with a political piece for example the audience probably wouldn't gravitate to it because like we're just here to have a good time. We're not trying to listen to, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you got to know the vibe. Like, even studying the different spots um, around our community, you'll see it filters in different kinds of pieces. Like, like I wouldn't go to, like, a city soul and do something super sad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You I mean, could. some people could do, but, like, I feel like I wouldn't, I feel like I wouldn't get the relationship I want mm. to build with the audience by, by doing that. Um, And just being, I guess, just being discerning of your, material choice yeah yeah that's, that's knowing, very key knowing the audience knowing the arena the yeah. energy and that's that's that that goes more to the performance um side of the craft and uh, yeah. the writing side of the craft and they're they're really um, i know a lot of people approach both as two different things and i'm trying to get to a point where it's really just two sides of the same weapon like they're they're two swords but they're not they're not actually two swords. It's really yeah. two swords wielded as one. Mm. Um, it's not like they're in conflict with each other. There's actually harmony between them. Um, and once I haven't really gotten that balance yet, I'm, I'm kind of going back to the other side of just being on the page and mm. uh, just being more um, writing for inner peace, you know, getting, getting back to the basics. Yeah. And yeah. then I haven't like the last major show I did was the one with you. And that was, that was good though. I mean, I was, yeah, I wasn't yeah, writing was, for the crowd. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys got a standing. Oh, that kind of inspired that inspired well, I mean, me. You uh, started off amazingly. Like I was, I mean, I had no, yeah. I had no doubt you were gonna kill it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I gotta, I don't want to blow it for the rest of the team. Like I set the tone right. No, but I mean, just seeing y'all get a standing O and pack the house, like all that stuff transcended what I thought um, a poetry show could do. And yeah, just seeing it really does move people and bring people together. And yeah, the people aspect came down to the people aspect just it's all every, every shape and form of everybody that's there yeah it's just like you know one category yeah and people having conversations at the end and the kind of conversations people have at the end and yeah like just all the ice that's broken um it's there's um it's more than that i was like so the performance part isn't really about like writing about it on page is inner peace but then the performance part i think is it's it's beyond yourself you yeah know? it's, it's yeah. no longer about you it's about the inspiring others and helping others reach different levels and bringing them together. So that, that whole people aspect is what draws me to um, the community and the performance aspect. Yeah. Yeah. It was that I, I have a hard time fully enjoying myself at like, when I'm hosting events. Cause you had to go to that business mindset. Like, okay. I got to do this. Make sure this is right. This make sure this is right. Yeah. Yeah. Logistic. And then that's why I was like, I hate the hosting part. Well, I didn't hate it. I just feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I just, no, I you just, didn't look like you were hating it. <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I it's like one of those like I enjoy it. I just rather someone else do it, yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, it's like you know I, I really don't like being like like you don't like being on the, on the spotlight. Yeah. But it's weird when I'm on stage, like I'm who I am off stage. Yeah. And then when I'm on stage, I'm sacred. You yeah, know, I'm, yeah. You I'm, gotta. I'm who I am. I'm this, you know, even when I'm writing, I'm still who I am. But then when like sacred takes over completely, when it comes to like the performance aspect, even when it comes to the creating mm. aspect, sacred kind of. 
you know takes over and that's tight. Uh, that's, yeah, it's like this, it's like a video game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Choose your character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and that that makes that's what makes it fun. Yeah, like you get to like live vicariously through that uh, alter ego. Yeah, and and that's how um Antino Art came about. I mean, my name is Arthur, but Mike's call me Antino Art. I mean, I, I took that name uh, from uh, performing magic, so mm. it was it wasn't really a poetry thing. And then that whole idea of um, just like having superpowers and having yeah. like that, <laughs> just having that um, illusionist that's, that extension to yourself that you could summon, and, yeah, and like choose the attack of, and it, yeah. it just became so much fun, much more fun that way than having to, to just be be you. But that's, I mean, that's, I think the challenge though is to still retain you. Like you want to stay true to yourself, yeah, of course, through the lens of that caricature of yourself. Yeah, that's that's how um, Sacred Haiku was kind of born when. Actually, I've never said this on podcast before. Um, I don't think I have. Like, Sigur Haiku was actually a character when I was younger. Me and my friends, we you know we did like you know stories and stuff like that. So yeah. that was my character in the story. Oh, it's how you, and okay. so we would do like I guess use like a dungeon dragons, but without the figurines and stuff like that. We'll just communicate sort of back and forth. Yeah, you know, pretty much a storyline cipher, if you will. Nice. And Sigur Haiku was my embodiment, so I was who I was, and. I was more reserved, more of this, but then in the storyline, I was more goofy. I was more outgoing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing. I kind of made him like a getting in trouble type character. So I was doing stuff like that. Um, I was kind of exaggerating certain aspects of my personality through that character in the story. And so we did that. We did that whole thing for a good like fifteen years, I think. It, it was. It, okay. we, it just wow, started so slowing. That goes way before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's thing, like. Yeah. When I was a freshman in high school, yeah, yeah. all the way until honestly this past year, that's when it kind of slowed down. That's you know, that's how you, when you get older, you can't do as much. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, I mean that it keeps you young though. If you yeah. if you're like tapping into childhood imagination, yeah, in that way. And then the nice arc about that is you you go and do that right. You're this exaggerated person of yourself, but then you rediscover yourself through that. Exactly, yeah. I mean, Sacred Haiku became this more mature, you know, character of myself. Well, it's like it's still me. But in the story, I'm exaggerating because it has to be a story. But now, since it's the poet aspect, mm-hmm. uh, that's when I changed my name when I first met Travis. Yeah. Um, just um, to that name because, like, you know, this is who I am. I love this character so much. I never want to kill him off. Yeah. I want him to become alive. So the only way I thought I could keep him alive is by becoming the poet version of mm-hmm. that character. Yeah, what would that character do if he, he was writing poetry? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's hype. I, and then that's, that's really just a way to... Um, to keep the the imagination going because now you have a different system of rules to play with right so like how would how would um poems exist in in the space of sacred haiku not um not in the space of like uh, your normal day-to-day self because if i was my day-to-day self on the mic or in front of stage i'd say nothing yeah <laughs> I'd just go i just go super intro vert and um, it would not be a fun show to watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, was, I, was, I, I wouldn't even talk to like, you know, wouldn't, I wouldn't have heard from Travis or you. Cause yeah. I would just be like, Oh, I was like, Oh great. A performance. And I walked out the door. Yeah. That's pretty much, you know, how my personality is. I yeah. Just, yeah. I yeah. would, I wouldn't even, I would just stay at home. Man. Yeah. I wouldn't even go to the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I stay, but like, I mean, my, um, I, I bring up Mark again, Mark really influenced the way I go about art, but he, he's really about an opposite school of really just not putting on, an act, you know, mm-hmm. not putting on a performance. Is he more like an extrovert? Uh, I don't know what, I don't know if he's intro. I think he's somewhere in between, but he's of this school of thought of you don't put on a performance. You just kind of exist mm. and people are like looking in and watching you exist. And there is no spotlight. There is no, um, you cracking ad lib jokes or you <laughs> like doing this ta-da thing at the end of sets or getting snaps and looking for reaction. Yeah. It just, just being as real as possible, as true to you, you your true self as possible and that authenticity would create that audience relationship um, mm, okay. I, I haven't figured out how to do that yet i i want to get there like within the space of um my performing self mm. but just stay staying true to you and not like consciously putting on a show you know because mm. when people feel like it's an act they could sense well you do, you coming from the magic side i think that's probably embedded in you a little bit so you're probably trying to get rid of that you know yeah tendency. yeah yeah there's a tendency that you have to entertain because yeah. um I mean, it's it was my full time job for like four years. So to get bookings, you have to be entertaining, right? So it was like a survival thing. Um, and if and if you're um, not like that's a, that's a different. It's so hard to um, translate 
the entertainment aspect of that to, to poems because the audience has a different intention. So I was so relieved coming into the poetry thing. I was like, they're not, I don't have to impress them. Like, <laughs> I don't have to be like overly entertaining and um, they're, they're here to listen intently and they give you more, more of a, um, more of like an intentional focus mm-hmm. and a, a wider ear. And yeah. um, they just want to, they want to hear something be expressed more than to be impressed. Yeah. That's not taking away anything though from magic audience though. They're there to feel like childlike. They, they want they come to be entertained. Yeah, you know, yeah. Poet, also when people come see a poetry show, they don't know what they're going to expecting. They're hoping they're going to have a good you know poet yeah. to go up there, but you know they don't know what's going to happen. And there's there that's such a niche audience too, which is great because then it becomes like a community thing, like all these like minded people in the room, and they're just trying to all tune into someone else's story or something. Yeah, I mean just the the weight of not having to impress. Like just being able to express more is nice about that audience, um, but like it's really just about knowing your audience too. Because like that was a whole different study, the, the audience um, of magic um, that is. And then, like in my job, job I got to write for a different audience of like mm. marketing people. So I got to just study that audience. Yeah. So it really just comes more structured down to and everything. yeah, just building a relationship with whoever your audience is. Um, and once you get that relationship, you could you know express what you need to or yeah. take them where you need to go. It's um, with the audience. I've had this conversation a few times with um, other people. There's this thing where we have a we talk about how the audience has so much power over the performer, uh, mainly poets, uh, just because of just how the style is looked about so free formed, and it's like it's it's looked at a different light than if a comedian goes up there or a magician or you know a, a singer or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the power dedicated to the audience when it comes to poets you know i've just i personally noticed that you are at their mercy in a sense and so that's why when we had limitless you know i was like i want us to be separate yeah you know, i want us to be over because usually when, when people form they're in their green room they're performing backstage they're, yeah. they're separate from the audience so that's why when we did limitless i wanted us to be separate in our own little area so that way we can all feel the energy of the of ourselves yeah and I love that no one left, everybody left us alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because then we can talk to each other like, "What you got going on?" And honestly, not even think about the event, and, and it's on our own way. Um, but what what do you think about the power of the audience and what it does with the performance? Yeah, I mean, it really informs the way you um, your work comes out. You have it's a factor you got to take into account. Yeah. Um, it's and then I mean, it's really the life. Like if you're if you're just if you disregard them, then you might just be like trees falling in the forest or something mm. like there's really no um no emotions being felt because yeah. you could you could it's really about how, once you get that relationship going then you could get everyone to feel the same thing so they're almost they're a necessary piece to um oh yeah they're necessary yeah, yeah for sure like and just being able to um if there is no relationship with them then then you're writing for the page which is good too yeah. though because then you're you're the audience yeah but um it's not um yeah, I really, I really have to take them into consideration, and the way I outline every every segue is built with them in mind. Um, and that's just uh, like if I don't if I don't do that, it's just it's just gonna be like it's gonna be bad. <laughs> like it's, not, it's gonna be boring to watch. But that's um, and, but I don't think about that if I'm writing for the page though. Like yeah. I don't think about how they're gonna react or something. So that's there's a there's a freedom to that. There's yeah. less pressure, less expectation. Um, but just the, just use them as an ally if they're a force if it feels like they're kind of ruling over how you're doing your art yeah. um, it's not really an opposing force you could use them as as an ally to yeah. bring out bring you to a different level mm-hmm. and help you to feel that feeling but amplified across the room so yeah. now you're you're not alone in that feeling yeah. and there's there's um there's a lot of connection going so yeah yeah just use that as like a wave it's like like if you're like surfing or something, find the balance between yourself and them. Yeah. 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 They're just, they're just part of, they're just part of you. It's just an extension of you. Mm, okay. They're trying, they're trying to feel the wavelength that you're communicating. Yeah. Yeah. And every, and the nice part is that you do the same poem over and over, right? But every crowd is different. I've yet to do it. Honestly. I, oh, I, the same poem? Yeah. I, I oh, okay. I, <laughs> only, only one I've done yeah. twice would probably be issue 29. Uh, okay. The comic book one. That's the only one I've probably done twice. Mm. I just, I I like to create new stuff every single time a <laughs> performance that's happens. You yeah, know. yeah. Sometimes I I mean it's hard to to like have new things every every uh, set. But um, yeah, you've been doing a lot of shows though, and that's impressive. You could keep 
keep the new material flowing. Well, at least I'm reading most of all the time. So yeah, that yeah. makes it helps. Like you, you do it by memory. Yeah, I found it's easier to memorize. Mm-hmm. Like I can't feel it as much if I'm reading, mm-hmm. and I can't build the relationship I want to build with the audience if I'm reading because mm-hmm. my eyes are on uh, my phone. Or yeah. so like that's just my personal stylistic choice to um to try to memorize it. Plus, I have like I have a weirdly like I have a weirdly good memory. Like, <laughs> and, and, like in high school, like in history class, we'd have to memorize all these pages and pages of, of um, historical events and yeah. dates and all that. And somehow that just came naturally. Oh, hor- somehow that just like came naturally. I'm to me. horrible with dates. I forget my niece's birthday. My, only what I only know mine, my anniversary, my, yeah. my old, my brother, little brother's birthday. And of course my wife's birthday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't forget. But one. like my brother, yeah. me, and my anniversary, those three dates were in the same month. Yeah. So I, I remember those easy. And then my wife, I had to remember that anyway. But honestly, other than that, I can't remember dates for nothing. Yeah, it's just... But I can uh, remember days, yeah. details of days. Yeah, that that's... Um, I mean, if you do, if you're, if you know that about yourself, yeah. maybe it's not so good to <laughs> go try memorizing new pieces every, <laughs> yeah. every time. Because it's nothing like crashing a piece. Yeah. <laughs> just like oh, going blank. Yeah. Like you, people know that you... But you said you freestyled your way out of something. That was yeah, I, yeah, that's... I mean, but you can't... I, I know responsibly I can't rely on that every single time. Yeah. You know, that's there's going to be time where, you know, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to come up with something. It's like, yeah. done. <laughs> you know, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, dust talking. your hands off. Just start saying another piece and make it sound like the same one. Start singing like a yeah. like a B.I.G. song. <laughs> no, that'll change the that'll change the tempo of your. Like, like oh, he's plagiarizing. <laughs> he didn't, he it's, didn't say it's, that. This is my original works. <laughs> no, it's it's always a good challenge though. So, um, but like, I mean, just the memorization part. I I, I don't know. I, I like to do that. Um, but like saying going back to like, I do a lot of the same stuff in different sets because it's a different i feel like it's a different piece when it's mm. a, when it's met with a different audience because mm. now the reaction is different and um this goes um even translates to like magic like i'll do the same effects yeah but it's it, i've seen it a thousand times but this person has never seen it right so the way they see it is like the painting like that's mm. a new painting yeah so someone hearing the same poem and them reacting to it that's a painting and different person in a different space and time hearing that same poem that's a different painting so you're actually creating art in real time through mm. through the performance of the same pieces for that person yeah okay that's that's interesting oh it's funny too that you say that too because uh travis he he said he performed one time and then it was he he said he did a good job but then he would perform another time and like a, a couple weeks later it was a whole different piece like his energy was different yeah and your energy is different yeah. too. you're different you're you're part of the audience yeah like, yeah it's kind of like you go to sleep and you wake up a new person <laughs> yeah yeah and then if you i mean then you could get good at one piece like right you could, you could hone every moment i get bored i would get bored too yeah no, i know i get that like i i don't even like i don't even like my stuff like after it's like <laughs> Like anything that's older than a month, I tend to not like. Um, it's just like I feel like it's so played out in my head. Yeah, that I just yeah. can't go back to it. It's a I'm rerun. Like, and then I feel like I've almost like I I'll write the piece and then I'll evolve past that mindset and I'll be like, that's an old mind. That's like an old school mindset. I'm not mm. subscribed to the um the old way of thinking no more. Yeah. Like I wrote um no love for the birds for limitless. Mm-hmm. So if I look at that again, I'm like, man, that's childish. I was like, <laughs> I, and I was such a child writing that. So I'm, I, I can't really, it's hard for me to come back to, to old pieces. So the way I transcend that is, and anyone that's an audience that hasn't heard it, it's completely new to them. So yeah. you're just, um you're just there facilitating them looking at, an idea that's beyond you. Um, I go back and rewrite it. You'll go back and rewrite. I go. I go back because um, abandoned buildings. I wrote last year. Oh yeah, you told and me that was older, right? Yeah, it was yeah. An older version. But then I just and also um, wake up to royalty. That was one from a couple from like 2016. Yeah, and so I just my mind's different now. The way I structure things are way more. I would say more advanced, but however you want to look at it. Um, so I went back and just rewrote the way I am now. Dang, that's not, hype. Not everything. Yeah. I just probably made things longer, more detailed, certain things. Sometimes I just go back and redo the whole piece. <laughs> but so you, you're you're actually um, just improving upon it. Then. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I see my piece whenever I write. It's that moment. Yeah. And how I feel when I'm thinking about that moment. You know, even the observation, when mm-hmm. you see it, you perceive it a certain way. And then when I go back and want to say, this piece is so cool. It's a really dope piece. I'm like, yeah, when I was thinking that way, it was cool, but now I'm seeing something differently. I yeah, want to go past that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to 
especially if I learn something, like if I think I learn things from you or other poets, I'm like, yeah. how can I integrate this in that style of piece I have? And so when I performed it, even when I performed it, I never thought to use like, I took pieces from Watson. <laughs> and yeah, like when, yeah. when he does his, you we know, all take pieces from Watson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, went, I took the piece from Watson, his like the way he performs. I took pieces from DS and the way he's, his confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And the way he goes on stage. And I wanted to like, in, in like you're studying of things yeah. and paying attention. Plus I didn't black out this time. You didn't black out. I didn't black out. I was paid, that intentional? Well, I, bla- I didn't black out in the way I normally did. Yeah. I was still aware of my surroundings. Yeah. But it was within, it was just, I was aware of the poets mm. and myself. Yeah. The audience was a blur still. Yeah, yeah. But because, like I said, we, we were separate, I still felt the energy coming from you guys. That's what performed. So you so, were like, um, you hit a new level then. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you like, well, you were also hosting, so you had to be aware um, in that space when you were like addressing the audience. Yeah. You, 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 when you're on the stage more, you're more frequently, you're more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, I, that's such a, it's so weird to be, like to take on the challenge of um just being super aware in that moment yeah because there's so much things your brain's got to do in front of a, a, yeah. a room yeah like you're not just thinking about memorizing the piece you're thinking about how you're standing you're thinking about the stuff <laughs> around you you're not you're not trip you're not trying to trip on a mic cord or, yeah, yeah like yeah. Uh, and then just looking making eye contact and it's great it's a great challenge yeah, there's yeah. so many so so much stimulation that that happens um in front of um in front of any kind of live performance setting, do you ever look at the back of the video? Like, why did I stand like that? Yeah, why, my pants. Yeah. Get, get your hands out your I, pockets. I, I, hate, <laughs> I hate on myself. I could like my commentary watching the film is just like the, is the best. Like, you'd be the guy like, in the comment section just blasting you yeah, the whole I'm time. Yeah, myself. I'm like, why am I making this face right now? <laughs> I think the hardest thing is figuring out what face to make. Like, yeah, like because like sometimes I'm inadvertently just making these faces yeah. after yeah. lines hit. Like I'll say a line, the audience reacts and now I'll, I'll look at the audience with this face that I didn't know existed. Right. <laughs> it's just like, Oh, it's cause, um, it's cause I'm not aware. So I, right. I want to be as aware as possible as um, keen as possible. Cause like, if you translate it to like fighting, you don't, you want to be keen on every, like you want to hear a pin drop. Right. You want to be aware of your surroundings and right. know, um, it's the be- precise movements that the audience or the opponent is making and right. respond accordingly. So it's just, um, and even like in sports, then you want to also be aware of like the shot clock and right. where your teammates are at. Um, and, and by nature, I kind, I'm kind of oblivious. Like I'll, I have like natural tunnel vision. So it's a good, yeah. t- it's a good challenge for me to attack my weakness and yeah. try not to be as, as oblivious to, to life. <laughs> <laughs> have to be mindful. Where, where does your brain go when you're, when you did that, oh man, that rope magic, uh, poet, Poetry. Oh, rope to heaven. Where does yeah. the brain go? Oh. Yeah, because you're saying how like you know you, your mind's everywhere, but like when you perform that, I don't know. That's just like it's like you're rubbing your stomach and patting your head at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah multitasking. Like, yeah, I mean that's just that's just the visual embodiment of really what performing is doing mm. multiple things. I mean that piece is um is an old piece. I learned that a long time ago. Um, my friend Dada Dada he also did my show. Um, the the magic poetry show last year. Which he, one's which one was he? He was the he was um uh, he wasn't the main one. The last no no one. he wasn't he wasn't Alex he wasn't the headliner but um he didn't he didn't do his row piece because um <clears throat> I don't know I don't know he didn't do that it's like one of the you signature did it, pieces. You did it. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually didn't I didn't do it because I thought he was gonna do it. He didn't do, wait I thought you did. I guess no one did it. <laughs> but it, I thought you. I know I wanted you to do. It. I think that's what I it did. Was. Yeah I did it at the Watson show. But yeah. Like the thing about that, going back to that, so I haven't done magic in so long mm-hmm. leading up to that point. Like I almost, I almost broke up with magic. Mm-hmm. I pretty much broke up with magic for like a year up to that point. Cause um, I was going through things in life where doing magic would, it would hinder my forward movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say, I say this not to put anyone on blast, but I went through a separation at that time. Um, and magic was the way I, I like I met my I met my ex through magic. Mm-hmm. I got married through magic. Mm-hmm. A lot of my magic pieces were about us mm-hmm. and we were in a 10-year relationship. Mm-hmm. So I was going through that kind of a separation. So I feel like if I did any kind of magic or thought about it or practiced it, performed it, it would take me back to that past which mm-hmm. I was trying to move forward from. So I wasn't doing it for a long time until that that show and I was somehow able to break out of out of that funk and, and just it's like that's a part of me I can't I can't keep it in the past. I have yeah. to make make peace with my past and um, use the best of what I learned from that in the future. So that's kind of where my mind was at doing 
doing it at that time. Okay. I was like trying to move forward uh, okay. from um, that emotional You're adversity. You're confronting your demons. Internet. Yeah, yeah. And now I could do it without without thinking about it. Now yeah. I'm like, it's cool. I'm I'm at peace with it. She's moved on with her life, and um, we still have a kid together. So there's no there's no bitterness or um. Almost like when you listen to a song, there's like it reminds me of that time with that person. It's like I don't want to listen to that song ever again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's that's how it was. I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't even want to like go back to Florida anymore. I was mm. like just trying to be as detached as possible. But right. that was needed at the time to move right. forward. But once I got over that hump. Um, it happened at that, like I was just a manifestation of getting over that hump was being able to do magic again. And, um, and now it's, I don't do it as much because it's not like my, my full time anymore, but I could still go back to it and, um, just kick it like we used to just train. And yeah, I had a lot of friends from that and met a lot of awesome people from that art form. So, um, yeah, I'm still in tune with that. And then the poetry thing was a new thing. That was like the new relationship. I was like, I need a different, I need a different art form. So I, that was your that's rebound. That was your rebound, girl. Yeah, yeah, that was the rebound. But now, now we still, now I'm with, I'm still, I'm with both of them now. So okay, it's, okay. it's good. They coexist, and, and we have brain children together. And it's, oh, it's all good. nice, nice, <laughs> yeah. nice, nice. Yeah, but they've always coexisted though. Poetry's always been in, um, in the in the mix because mm-hmm. like I would write poems for the magic, but it wasn't like the main. It was thing. just in your notebook. It wasn't perform- yeah. perform aside. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't at the front. It was like always at, off to the side. And yeah. um, I always appreciated the written word, though. I'd always be reading, um, and I've, I was always writing uh, even before, like, like uh, even before work or before magic or any of that. Writing was always there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was a completely new, yeah, thing that I picked up. It was just something that came full circle when I needed it to. And like, and you go to these poetry events, a lot of other people are also at the end of their rope. So it's yeah, like yeah. you can connect like, yeah, we're all at the end of our rope here. <laughs> That's we're, what we're say. All, Poets are emotional. <laughs> yeah. We're all just having a bad day. Yeah. A lot of sad poems out there. Yeah. It's mean, a sad art form. Yeah. A lot of people are sad. Like, it's, it's funny. Poets are emotionally sad, but then like comedians are just, you know, messed up in the head somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're balancing it out with, yeah. With like, sharing in, um, sharing in a happy moment with the audience. Right. Yeah, that's the sad clown mystery. I mean, I think mm. any kind of performance art, um, you you have you're balancing out something. I think life is a comedy and a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, and then even just like there's um a lot of the best writers though they were they like killed themselves and stuff. So I mean, it's um it's people really going to war with themselves, going to yeah. war with something. This is full circle you just said earlier. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to you're you're not just trying to put on a show or something. There's really um a deeper function to um these these practices that we, we take yeah. on. It's, it's also, you have to be careful, like you said, like not losing yourself with it. When you do start writing just for the audience, not for yourself. There's, there's when, when you look, for example, you look at artists and they have their earlier you know pieces or songs, or whatever there, there's so much depth and soul in them. And then as they kind of either push them in the back or like, okay, now I'm doing better in life or, Mm. It looks it looks like I'm doing better because I have to put this image. Uh, it kind of some of the music or whatever their the art loses their soul because they're detached from it now mm-hmm. because they're a different person, but yet they are different. But yet their art hasn't changed. Yeah, because yeah. so it hasn't kept up with them because they haven't yeah. gotten over it. Yeah, that's I think that's why it's hard to look at old stuff because it's like you 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 put you put out that that piece and then you move forward. Yeah. Cause you, it's like you graduate from that mindset or yeah. that emotional state, um, or even that you lose audience members. Cause like I like to better when you're depressed or you were heartbroken. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and I've I've um, talked to people that have um, mentioned that like, okay, I'm not I'm not sad no more, <laughs> so I, I don't need to be writing. That's cool. Like I, I'm I could I could completely relate if you're not needing to go to war no more. And yeah. If you're not needing to balance something, but as far as losing yourself in. I think that just comes with you just have to balance out like are you overly it's trying to please honest. the crowd you know yeah. yeah the honesty too just being honest with yourself as as the main as your primary audience am I being completely sincere am I lying to myself yeah. or am I fooling myself and that's that's one of the skills I'm trying to also collapse on just that having that clear-eyed candor that doesn't yeah. that doesn't flinch that doesn't try to exaggerate or make something out of something that it's not, you know, yeah. just being completely real, and people can can latch onto that. They'll know if you're being sincere and authentic. They'll yeah. know if you're. They'll they'll sense if you're putting on an act or just trying to put up a facade or something. Yeah, uh, 
it's, it's that's that when you lo- you lose an audience. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, if you lose yourself, you'll definitely lose an audience. I think. Yeah. Um, it's like he doesn't believe what he's saying right now. Yeah. Especially if you write like I love like there's there's some people who are lucky who are just really talented where they can write a piece about something where like it's like I've never been loved, but I know how to stream love together, and yeah. then the per- the people are like. Does he really believe it? <laughs> yeah, it's not first-hand experience. Yeah. Um, yeah and, that, and then I know a lot of poets get, they go through, like it's drawn from first-hand experience. They have yeah. to go through an experience and then... 90% of the time, yeah. Ob- observe how that how that went went about. And it's really just the observation part. And that's how the authenticity comes about. Because you firsthand, <laughs> you went through that experience firsthand and you could testify to that more yeah. accurately than anyone else could. So it's really important to just be aware of... Um, not losing, you know, that, that authenticity, yeah. that sincerity. So with, with that, do you want to, do you have anything you want to share at all? Uh, yeah. I was thinking about that too. It was just like selection. I know I said to you catalog. last night, like, Oh, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do something that I was still feeling sincere about, you know, cause a lot of older pieces, I, I no longer, um, I, I don't really, I feel like it's like a, a step back, mm. backward step to, um, to revisit it. So the, the piece I was thinking of, um, so Kobe Bryant died a couple of weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And that affected me greatly because, mm. like, even before, like, before poetry and all this other stuff, I was really into basketball. Mm. So I was, like, a student of his game from the time he came up in the 90s. So I felt like I, I felt like I lost um, someone I knew. Yeah. And it was a just. A lot of people did. Yeah. And, and, it, and he transcended the sport, too. It wasn't just people that followed basketball. Like, yeah. it was just, he was just a, a renaissance man and his his wisdom was was just transcendental of um, one area, so I, I wrote. I, I spent like a week writing a piece about Kobe, oh, but okay. not really a tribute piece because a lot of people are you know doing the tribute thing and uh, honoring all his accomplishments. I'm trying to I'm trying to take a different angle and see see goals through like his mindset, like the Mamba mentality he called it, and having that be something that like other people can take and run with. So just being like a, a vessel of, like I was talking about the frequency, like the frequency is the mama mentality. Yeah. Intercepting that frequency and, and translating that through my lens and then other people could take it and run with it. So I got, um, I think I got it memorized. I don't okay. we'll see it. We'll <laughs> Do you want to grab happened. the notebook just in case or? Nah, I'm, uh, okay. I'll, I'll be, I'll be reliant on it. Like okay. you saw at the show, I had the notebook uh, okay. in front of me. I was like, I, I didn't really, um, that almost kind of threw me off having the notebook in front of me. Okay. So this is called the Kobe summon. It's, it's about um, a self-guided pep talk through the lens of mama mentality that I hope my five-year-old daughter could take and run with mm. in pursuit of any goal, or really anyone in pursuit of any goal. Yeah. So hold on. Let me see if I could. Hey, go ahead and channel it. <clears throat> Got a little bit of a cough, so I might cough in the middle of this. Dear basketball, why am I not six foot six? If I could see from that height, I would score you from anywhere on the floor. We'd have a bounce to our step, you pounding the pavement and me walking on air. We'd turn a soaring over personal limits into a high art. Imagine this, the first sub-six-foot Asian minority in the NBA wins the MVP. Like we would be paid, never mind the money, we'd earn a wealth of respect. Our idols will call us heirs. Our rivals will call us a problem. Coaches across the league would take turns drawing defensive formulas on whiteboards that won't add up to the number of ways we can pick their teams apart. I know it's a long shot, but I'll take it. With the game on the line, You won't even see me flinch. Even if you came within an inch of my face, even if you hit me between the eyes and broke my nose, I will play through the injury. With the same signature game face, jaws jutting out. Because adversity is what brings out greatness, and struggle is what proves you are still alive. I could be down by 20 for the entire game, with zero points and no doubts that the next shot is going to fall. You are still alive, soaring over the outstretched hands of someone who must be at least six foot seven and me, fading away into the sunset over the outstretched hands of the basket that is nowhere to be seen. I throw my hopes and fears into the wind for you, regardless of what the defense throws back. 
And if things don't bounce my way, I won't blame you. Defeat reveals the true shape of your character, so I will work on my form. Knees bent, toes pointed ahead, follow through. I will work on my endurance. The temptation to quit is the cue to keep going. I will work on passing the wisdom you impart to the next generation. My five-year-old daughter will get the best possible shot. And guess what, basketball? I'll still be far from six foot six, making it very hard to play you. But that's no excuse. That means I will practice dribbling low to the ground and moving under the radar. Like a snake with stealth black skin hardened by battle and fangs sharpened by the iron of our will. They will call us cold-blooded in the heat of defining moments. And that's when we'll make our move. Crossing over into the unknown, driving through whatever physical and emotional contact comes next, we will hit the floor, we will rise up, and we will sink our free throws on a limp. If we needed 81 points to inspire infinite possibilities, we'd spend every breath shooting, even if it takes all 82 games of a season to do it. We could lose it all together, and I would still wake up at 4 a.m. the next day to see you in an empty gym as dawn turns the sky from purple into gold. I'll still put in that blue collar work. I'll savor every drop of sweat that came from running back and forth between your two bottomless baskets. I do not care how tall I am. We are chasing the footsteps of immortal giants, if only to write our own legends that will never die. If I only had 24 seconds to do it, I'd spend every last one believing in miracles. I know it's a long shot, but together we can't miss. Long live you, signed your number one fan. Man, first off, you said you wrote this one a couple weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, I wrote this one. I wrote this the day he, he went, the day he passed. Mm-hmm. I was actually, um, I was with Watson shopping for shoes. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually looking for basketball shoes and I uh, heard about that. And I just had to respond to it. Like, in some way I had I was responding to it I just had to make sense of my response to it right and I didn't want to be I don't want to like be sad about it like because that that's not gonna that's not gonna move forward like he um his mindset was was immortal like it it Mm. it didn't he didn't die in my book his mindset yeah uh lives on and um you can apply that and really just pass that on Mm -hmm. to the next generation and just pass it on to whoever it is that you you're encountering and it, it's really just that's how you keep something that goes on forever yeah I, I could see through through that you you were you weren't just hit by like you said you you were you were hit by the way he was his work ethic his what he was about not just his game and things like that and you can hear it through that piece yeah and i like the purple and gold at the end <laughs> yeah yeah i threw some easter eggs from for me or any lakers fans yeah yeah they're good this year so it's a good year to be a fan yeah but um but yeah, no, I was um, the work ethic, the the idea that you could use every waking second to be better than you were before, and um, just excellent in everything you do. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's, it's like a timeless wisdom that, um, and then I want that to be, like that. That was kind of my response to the grief. Like I didn't want to be sad about it, you know. So I had to respond to it, and really, I think poetry really is a response. Like you're provoked, mm. you're provoked to respond. You're, yeah, you're not. I don't think the word inspire is, is, does it justice. Like inspire kind of feels like, yeah, at your convenience, like, oh, I'm inspired, mm. but you're provoked. You have mm. to respond. Like if you're in a fight, you, you got to block, you got to counterattack. Um, so that goes back to the whole pen is a sword thing and yeah. going to war with yourself. That's, it's funny. It's interesting. You say that you said it's at your convenience when you're inspired. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It feels kind of too passive, you know, mm. it, um, you're not interesting way of looking at it. I mean, it's not bad to be inspired, no. but like, I think it's more of a spectator sport to be inspired. Like if you're a practitioner, you're not watching, you're studying, you know, you're not, you're not passively trying to find inspiration. You're actively seeking yeah. a response to respond, the opportunity to respond to yeah. um, like Kobe wouldn't passively go about his game. Like he would look for his shot. Right. Like um, jab step, aggr- be the aggressor. Um, yeah. And I say this because I have very little experience in physical combat. So I, <laughs> I live vicariously through these metaphors of like yeah. sword fighting and video games. But, um, but yeah, just, just going about it with that active mindset, uh, Mamba mentality, uh, to be the, 
seize the you know like seize the day is yeah like, as cliche as that is you yeah. know, seize every opportunity yeah it's oh man you really like i said whenever i talk to you you always have some different perspective looking at certain things you know like you like what you just said is just the way you're the way I, I what i appreciate about you is the way you perceive things and you're always so positive <laughs> you know yeah i try to see be, a yeah. lot of positive things i haven't gone through that much tough stuff yet like, we'll see how jaded i am in, um in 20 but, years yeah <laughs> yeah but like just stay not yeah stay child mind you know yeah um there's a a saying in um in like uh, samurai code is called shoshin mm -hmm. shoshin means beginner's mind mm -hmm. so like just always have that blank slate and then you got mushin which is no mind mm. so that's even like a different level you just don't have any preconceived notion of um no disposition or con preconception that you're trying to be confined to um so just having that that mindset really keeps me going especially going through something you don't want to be jaded you don't want to become bitter uh, you want to stay um stay as as open to infinite possibilities as possible, you know, because yeah. everything is still infinitely possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to close yourself to these various, like you know, with Doctor Strange and the million millions of possibilities that he saw for the for the, the battle, the war. You know, if it's the same thing with us. We have millions and millions of possibilities. We can go in any way, direction, and it'll do it a disservice to yourself if you just be like. I don't I only want these 20 out of these billions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh yeah. And like the, that's the limitless thing. The yeah. limitless mindset. Just um, honor the fact that anything is possible. Right. Uh, Kobe did that. And you could, whatever it is you do, you, you could really have that, that mindset that there's, there's no, there's no ceiling to, to yeah. the growth. And once you realize that, it's it's like a game changer you know? yeah and i haven't really realized it yet i know it's an ideal that i aspire to live i want to live it like i want to live what i'm talking about yeah you're <laughs> trying to tune into that frequency yeah really. yeah on, on good days I'll, I'll be about that yeah. otherwise i'll be like nah it's not possible like i couldn't <laughs> get the, the cup out of my sink um the uh, water glass got stuck in my sink as you know well, that was that was and geometry <laughs> that's what that I was, was trying through th two two days uh, to get that out and um Sager comes and he, <laughs> he rests saves the day and he gets it out um but yeah I was I was almost going to say that's there's no there's no way it's going to I'm going to get the cup out the sink yeah um I don't know if anyone's had that happen where a water glass gets stuck in your disposal, <laughs> garbage disposal, but it, it, was, it was a short water glass. But it was the exact same size as the disposal, like a yeah. cork. Well, like, that was, that was the um, the mouth part, but the bottom was smaller. So like oh, I was, okay. was saying, if you could if we if yeah. you could have flipped it, anything is possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you got yourself in there. How you get yourself out? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> oh, but do uh, do you have any plugs you want to do for yourself? Like any shows or your Instagram, Facebook? Oh, man. I'm just chilling. Your yeah, book. if you feel like following me, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty private, but I'm at Father of Nali on Instagram. Um, I got a website that I haven't cultivated much, but it's antinoart.com. There's a blog in there that's probably hasn't been updated in years. <laughs> and some really old poems if you want to hear what my mind was like. The Starbucks like, one. Was oh, there a Starbucks one? It was called coffee i think it's something oh coffee. bitter coffee bitter rain coffee. Yeah. yeah yeah that was an older one yeah i like that that was i still like that one because it's about seattle i really mm. love huge fan of that city um uh, other plugs i don't know go to go to the next limit go to the next um sacred show yeah. <laughs> I, i'm gonna go to the that um, one's uh i'm gonna mess up the date because we changed it april 11th april 11th yeah okay same place great Forest coffee yeah, yeah, that's a hype. That's a hype venue. If you haven't checked it out, Wake oh. Forest Coffee, um, plug in. Um, go listen to more. Go listen to more poetry shows. Uh, yeah, try to, definitely. Where all the spots. There's so many. We're so fortunate that we have a community in in this um, region. Yeah. Because not not every city or not every uh, part of the world has like some kind of close knit community of practice. Yeah. So just avail of all the events. Press Play has one um, this Saturday. Oh yeah. Well, this this is gonna be. Past is Queen's that is speech. that already is that Queen's speech? It's Queen's speech, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. This, Go to that one. Yeah, this, this episode will be after that. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When did I say the release was? It's like um next week, March second. It's when this episode is going to be coming out. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you missed there. it if you didn't go to it. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Catch the next one. Yeah. So, um, man, I really thank you for, you know, one, inviting me to your house. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for getting my glass out, and, <laughs> among other things. and all That was my payment. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, no, you, you've inspired me as well, man. Like, all, all the... Um, iron sharpens iron stuff. Yeah, even from... Every interaction is an opportunity to, to level up. So, it's, yeah. 
it is mutual for sure. Yeah, it's funny we met at, uh, the pros to men, and now everybody, everybody is just like we all didn't really know each other. I mean, you knew Watson and DS, things like that. Yeah, you know, I just knew Travis. I barely knew. I pretty much knew just Travis. Not everybody. I just yeah. heard of Watson. Um, didn't know anybody else, and then everybody else closed their relationships. It's quite interesting how just one event kind of like transcend to this other. Yeah, you know, it was today. The- yeah, it was like the prism. I mean, uh, heads up. I mean, like the more of those, the more the events you go to, the more opportunities you get to do that is my, was my philosophy like after that event. Because I was like, dang, there's an infinite possibilities of how you could level up if you keep going to these events and um, uh, exchanging ideas with all these um, yeah. all these different power levels. And, yeah. Um, and then just the people aspect. I don't. I don't go out much. I was like, I got to get out more. <laughs> like, I got to make friends. <laughs> so that was, that was another thing, another takeaway from that. But yeah, props to DS for putting that. He's really good at bringing people together. Yeah, and, he is. Um, the press play thing and just being, being so actively involved at helping people cross paths, you know, is, that's a, that's a noble that's yeah. a noble craft in itself. That's I, I like, that's why I like pulling his courage because it takes courage to really even walk up to somebody. Hey, by the way, do you want to be part of the show? I, I feel yeah. so uncomfortable to ask <laughs> to get people on yeah, this. Show. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, but this this is a this is such a a niche. Like, there's not other podcasts running around. I found one though. You did? I found in one in the area. Yeah. Um. Well, not in the area now. <laughs> yeah. I like think, this is like the only one I guess in in the community. I yeah, guess. I yeah. think so. That's one that I know of. I don't know. There's not that many, and we, you know, as in like platform wise, just appeal to their ego. Like people want to hear themselves talk. Like they, <laughs> let, let's let, let's give you an opportunity to talk for, for a good stretch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you dispel some wisdom. I, I got some poets that are like one from South Carolina. I'm trying to get on. He oh, said, yes, I'm trying to schedule I, him. And that's a way to bring different scenes into the fray. Yeah. yeah I want to get him. So cross your fingers. Yeah. No hype. I mean, any, any event you see, just go to it. You, you can level up there, even if it's not poetry. Yeah. Know? Yeah, artists like, you support the artists really. Yeah. Because honestly, that's why we do it. Well, not why we do it, but just it helps fuel us when it's like, okay, perform this time. Someone, the people showed up. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> I'm gonna go to the next show then because everybody was here and I get good relationships and the vibes are right. Yeah. No, they're they're the way to. Um, that's that's really how to be live beyond yourself. Just like yeah. invest in others, you know. Just and then you then all of a sudden you're not. Um, you're you're not like contained. You're not contained right. to the same mind mindset because you're. Right. Hearing others' thoughts and perspectives and all that. Yeah, but all right, man. Well, I just want to end it there, man. I appreciate again. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. And um, well, everybody else, don't forget, vibes do not lie.